0: The good, the bad, the ugly, ugly, ugly.
1: Welcome to Sustain Nutrition's podcast, Chewing
0: the Fat, where Joe and James will be discussing all things good, bad, and ugly regarding training and nutrition. So pull up your pants, put your best foot forward and get ready for some serious oral pleasure. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Joe and James. Action. Joe, what are we talking about? We are going to talk about habit
1: change today. So something that, something we've kind of, I don't know, spoken a lot about since the, since the very start of Sustain I suppose. and It
0: was one of the first hashtags that you came up with I believe, hashtag habits make results, still often used, never Is forgotten. Gosh,
1: that's, a, that's an old one isn't it, that's an oldie but a goodie and yeah I think very quickly we were aware that habitual actions were a big part of getting people to change, encouraging them to, to eat well and to that you know willpower and motivation were quite fickle and actually a huge percentage of what we do as human beings is habitual it's learned off the back of previous experience and ultimately this is what a lot of people then struggle with because a lot of their behaviors are habitual is then about how do you break down those things um anything you want to add on that
0: yeah, just yeah. The, the whole habit thing. They like I said it's it's previous experiences, it's previous solutions, really, that you have come up with. Now they not, might not be the solutions that serve you best. You know, if you if anyone's read Atomic Habits or not, then I'd recommend it. It's a great book, and he kind of goes into saying you have to make so many decisions per day. If you actually physically had to think about them, your head would explode. So instead, you kind of go down the path the path of least resistance, and often, you know when it comes to fat loss, and we talk about emotional eating a lot because that's a huge issue for a lot of people, is you go down that path of least resistance. I feel sad. I want to feel happy. What's the path to that? Easter eggs. You know, chocolate. Whatever it is. So it does take effort and you know, continue trying different things of recognizing the trigger of basically upskilling yourself to get this barrier so it becomes less of a subconscious thing of thinking, right, this is how I feel. This is what I'm going to try this time. That's how we develop new habits. And I think, you know, the, the, the bit where people fall down is you try and ignore bad habits and a bad habit can't be ignored. It's going to be there, but we need to start hijacking it and replacing it with something that serves you better which is you know a huge part of the, the coaching process is it? it's finding alternatives to the habits that are serving you right now
1: yeah so it's looking at as you said there you know the, the triggers what is what is setting this off because there are always going to be triggers and i think that one of the the flaws that you often see with people is well i'll just start this process when everything's hunky dory you know i've got this big event coming up i've got x coming up i've got y coming up and it's just not how it works. It's always going to be a reason. It's always going to be something that goes wrong. There's not this nirvana. There's not a place of happiness where you can get to where your life's going to be perfect and nothing goes wrong. The things will always go wrong. There are always going to be issues. Life is full of positives and negatives. Whether you are you know, a trust fund baby who's got everything at their disposal, they still have bad days. And I think that we just have to, there's that acceptance piece straight off the bat that you have to accept that bad things are going to happen to you, things that are not going to go your way every single moment of every single day. And, or even half the time, you know, you'd be lucky for things to go your way half the time. And it's then about how do you react to those things? And I think that first and foremost, a lot of people, you know, are almost in a bit of denial around food of, you know, something will happen. They'll have a bad day. They'll eat high calorie food. And you say, you know, what was the, what was the thought process here? Why did you have it? I don't know why. And I think because, it's so quick sometimes for people is that, you know, within, I've had it before where I've ordered a pizza and within two bites, I've gone, I'm not enjoying this. And it's, you've had such a small positive that it's even hard to fish out. It's, people are so, it's so fleeting. It's so short lasting that it, it's almost like it's not there. You know, someone has a bad day, they buy three bars of chocolate and instantly they're regretting it. Not always. Sometimes it takes, you know, until the next day or the next week or whatever it may be but so often people have these habits that just aren't serving them, that they're not aware of them. And the first part of this, this is why we want people to record their food. For people in the Emotional Eating Workshop, we've had them recording their emotions so that we can become aware of exactly what's going on. Because so often these things just happen without us thinking. They did a study on rats. They put them in a T-shaped maze and they would have chocolate at one end and they'd open the door and they'd measure their brain activity. So at first when the, the cage clicked, their brain activity would peak. And then when they'd find the, the food and they started to eat, it would come down. And what they found was that as the rats learnt the scenario, their, their brain activity would peak at the click of the cage opening, it would then drop down. And they would then be able to go through this maze without thinking, without needing their brains because they knew how the process worked. And I think it would peak again at the end when they got the food. And it just shows, you know, this is what happens with us. Something sad happens you know, default setting is go and eat food, is to, to, to use anything that makes us feel better. Something I learned the other day was that with the, the high calorie food is that you have kind of two peaks. Is the first peak is when you taste the food and your tongue picks up that there is high carb, high fat, this is great for survival, more of this food, this makes us happy. And then there's a second peak when it hits your stomach and your stomach goes, well, we've got food, this is great for survival as well. The issue being that food is now no longer scarce, and it's a habit that doesn't serve us, but it's been there, you know, it's been essential for hundreds of thousands of years, I don't know how long human beings have been around, maybe I should read a book about it, (laughs) and I think that this is one of the the tough things, is that then people will recognise that habit and go, you see it so often, don't you, or me and James will do, where people go, I had a pizza on Friday because I'm tired, I've learned that lesson now, that is one grain of sand on a beach, you've got Probably thousands of times you've used food for comfort. I must have had chocolate a thousand to five thousand times because of a reaction to something else, you know, thinking it'd make me happy. But because I write it down once or I think about it once, that's the anomaly. That, and I need to spend more time being aware of what's gone on there, of that this isn't serving me, of, of the, the negatives of eating that food, the positives of not eating that stuff. And it just is going to take time. You're not going to rewire these very, very well trodden pathways in a couple of weeks, not even a couple of months, it's going to take constant work to to ingrain those thought processes.
0: I think just to go back to what you were saying there about, you know, people expect this, you know, mystical time where there's no, you know, your kids don't piss you off. Nothing stressful happens at work. Nothing happens on the street or in your private life or whatever is, it is, you know, like kind of, I suppose absurd, isn't it? It's it's crazy. No one's ever going to go three three years, but three years, sorry, three months without something happening. But the exciting stuff is, is you know, say if you are working with us for three months, the more these things happen, the more opportunity we have to develop these skills, develop different coping tactics and techniques. Because imagine if you had this magical three month time where nothing bad happened, nothing triggered you, you wouldn't learn anything. And then when you weren't being coached or you weren't working with someone else, something triggers you and you don't know how to cope with it i know we're going to talk more about kind of like uh fixed mindsets and and fears of failure and stuff kind of later on in the in the chat but the triggers are always going to be there you know i'm going to guess your kids are always going to piss you off at some point your partner is always going to annoy you at some point work's going to be stressful at some point so, if we can learn to deal with these things, and this is why it's so important to develop these good habits or develop different coping mechanisms, different, develop new skills, is that's what gets long term success. You know, it's not like, I suppose, the biggest loser is a kind of a perfect example of this. anyone's not familiar with it, American TV show, I think it went up national, then it was worldwide. They take people who are massively overweight, put them into a house, give them a trainer, give them the food to eat. So you could only eat that food. The train for ridiculous hours per day. They had no stresses of home life, no stresses of work, no social pressures, no you know impact from family members. Lose a tremendous amount of weight. Take them out and stick them back into the real world, and they couldn't cope. And you know, I think ninety nine out of hundred of them completely regressed back to the weight they were before, if not more, because they had all these things that they couldn't cope with beforehand, which have probably caused them to gain weight take them out, put them in a completely alien situation where they've got no control over anything, as soon as you go back to that, because you don't have those skills, those habits, those you know, techniques to to rely on, it's all going to go to pot. So if we're looking for long term success, which you know, myself and Joe want for all of our clients, that's when it comes down to not just right, how much, how low can we get your calories for the next 12 weeks? It's how can we fix the obstacles The thought processes, the habits, the choices that have held you back for years and years and years. What can we do to fix that? Because that's what's brought you to the pie. So that's that's the importance of you know not doing a a quick fix, slim fast, herbal life, juice plus, you know, shake diet, and then going back to what you're doing before. It's about changing the way you deal with things, the things that have always held you back for all this time. Squeaky chair.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I mentioned before about kind of this awareness and just becoming aware of what's going on. And I think that if you look at the struggles that people have and the actions that they go through when they are struggling, is that the skill that is missing is awareness. And there was, um, me and James were just talking about the, or James was talking before the call started, we were talking about fixed and growth mindsets. there was an interesting thing I picked up in the book I was reading today about they did some brain scans on people while they're eating a chocolate bar they really enjoyed and they could have, they'd score it. So 10 was, I would love another piece. Zero was, I feel fine. Minus 10 was, if I eat any more, I'm going to feel sick. So they'd give people a piece of chocolate. They'd look at their brain scan then they'd give them another piece. And they could, they could score it all the way from 10 into minus 10. And they were saying that minus 10 and 10, there was a particular region of the brain that was activated during both of these and that when you take away that awareness, people become completely unaware that they 've overconsumed, so they they start at a ten, they eat a lot and end up at minus ten and actually, if you slow this process down and you make it more deliberate and you give people more awareness, they can then get to that point where they go i 've had enough now or or you know like for me, I know that if I have two bars of chocolate i don 't feel so good, whereas if I have one that 's the right amount and it 's about having this awareness and this practice and we're talking about skills and coping mechanisms mindful eating is absolutely massive because most people never ever do it the only time they eat high calorie food is in large portions they have no idea of how much they actually need and it's really hard to relearn this because like we say these habits are so well grooved you know there were a period of time years of years and years of time when i never bought less than 100 gram bar of chocolate because it was a quid for hundred grams. So why would you spend 80 P on 50 grams? You know, that makes absolutely no sense. And I would never have half a bar. And it just, that pattern just got the groove for that, got deeper and deeper and deeper because I would do it all the time. I was never aware of what was going on. And that's why we need to practice these skills and become aware of these pieces because without that, your brain is just running on autopilot, you know, and it's, it's about then how do you change that? Well, deliberate practice looking at the reality of the situation and ultimately rewiring our habits.
0: Do you want to talk about fixed and open mindsets?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That'd be a good one. So one of the things that we often see is people talking about fear of failure or branding themselves a failure. And there was an interesting point the other day that that is a a good example of a closed mindset it wasn't something that I'd been aware of before but a closed mindset is the idea that you are born with a certain capacity to achieve and therefore you can't achieve any more outside of that whereas a growth mindset is that ironically you're able to grow and that you've, you've given a certain set of skills at birth but you can expand that in all areas I think it'd be good if you went through the, the list of fixed and growth things because that's quite interesting
0: yeah so we will yeah. do so the fixed would be um the closed mindset same, same difference just obviously a different word so we're going to do it like a bingo on this one so you count on your fingers how many of these apply to you and then if you get how many is there all eight Abs. shout bingo <laughs> <laughs> so first one so this is people with a fixed or a closed mindset believes intelligence and talent are fixed feels threatened by other successes Believes failure defines who they are, views feedback as a personal criticism, hide flaws, avoid challenges, ignores feedback, believes effort is fruitless. And, you know, for me, Joe, I don't know, I'll let you chime in as well. You know, these are very common things that we do see with people who are coaching. And they are things that hold people back. You know, the amount of times you see people have this, like, you know, you've already mentioned like a fear of failure, a belief that this is just as good as it gets that I can't get any better. I can't relearn skills or change habits or, you know, sometimes the reluctance to engage with the coaching or be kind of open and honest, you know, like, you know, you gave an example there where people you'll ask questions and people just go like, I don't know, like, this is almost like a, there's nothing I can do about it. I can't change, which for me falls into that fixed closed mindset. I don't know what, what about you?
1: Yeah, I think one thing that's really worth picking up on there is that people then take, the problem that you have here is that everything's taken so personally and that every time that people struggle they take that as a slice on their character. So every time they have a chocolate bar when they're craving or every time they have a hot chocolate, you know, because someone offers them one or a slice of cake at a party it's that they're not good enough and that they've failed again. It's this massive over-exaggeration of what's going on rather than being able to look at things as a lesson, people look at it as a stick to kind of, to beat themselves with or, and it's, I think that is the the crux of the issue that everyone messes up. Everyone goes sideways. Everyone has a week where, or, you know, where they gain or they stay the same. But if you take that as a personal affront, it's so hard to then work on it because you're just too busy feeling crap about yourself. Whereas if you can look at it from the other perspective, and when you go through the list in a second, it'll exaggerate this as well, that you are just in a better position. It's a bit like, you know, if if you, your child came home from school and said, I got 90% of your test and you went, well, that's crap. What about the other 10%? You wouldn't expect them to be very motivated. You know, they, they wouldn't feel good about it. And it's, we have to create this positive environment. One of the big things with, with habit building is that human beings will gravitate towards things that make them feel good, or they will move away from things that make them feel pain. So, looking at the two sides of that chocolate alcohol whatever crisps makes you feel good and also it takes you away from that pain of whatever it is that you're struggling to deal to deal with but that is a very small side of the equation and that's where we need this awareness and that's why we use you know the affirmation pieces with clients is to challenge this every day what's the negative of having the high calorie food what's the positive of not having these things one of the the phrases that I really like is enjoy effort. Is that you have to, the things that take effort, you have to enjoy and be aware of the benefits of them. If every day, you know, I got my row machine and thought, I hate rowing, it's really hard, I don't wanna do this, it wouldn't last very long. I have to, you know, we have to have this, um, you know, the big obvious goal, you know, this, whatever it is that you're working towards needs to be crystal clear. And when we talk about smart goals and people go, more confident. That is not going to inspire you to turn down chocolate or to, to, do your, to do your exercise. You have to have this really strong positive that you're working towards. It doesn't even have to be true. I don't know, have you seen the Michael Jordan documentary on Netflix? No. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant. There's a bit where he, he gets a proper bee in his bonnet about this bloke and he's like, I hate this guy. He said this to me and I'm going to smash him and I'm going to smash his team. And he's super motivated. And he goes out and, they, you know, he destroys his team. They win the game. And it turns out he made the whole thing up. The guy hadn't said a word to him. He just made him, convinced himself that he had to go out, and, you know, to, to beat this guy because it was a personal affront on him. And he just manufactured it, you know. And I think that so often people get so hung up in, oh, I can't achieve this goal or that's too far. Or, it's too far away. And I totally get that it can, it can be intimidating but just look for the small wins look for the reason that you're doing this because if every time you know you turn down chocolate you think i'm missing out here it's just not going to last we have to look at all the different factors that come in and influence this because we want them working for us you know why would you not want every single little percent working for you and it's just being willing to to challenge your your thought processes and the way your mind works i think we all fall into that trap that because it's our mind telling us it must be right. Well, it's not the case. There's, you know, there's so many things that we do and ways that we think that are flawed because of our culture and our upbringing or our friendships or our family that we just have to question as much as possible in order to, to change and to benefit from it.
0: Yeah, I think questions, are the, the, the key thing there is isn't it? it's like questioning things that you're doing and whether they're serving you in the long-term or short-term. Like you said, you know, we, we seek pleasure and you get this positive feedback loop so you eat chocolate oh it makes me feel really good but if that's then followed by you know we often talk about you know five minutes of pleasure versus 24 hours of pain and that pain doesn't have to be physical pain it could be physical but more likely it's gonna be mental pain of you being self-conscious of you know worrying about what other people think about you of you know avoiding certain situations you know and when you break down, you know, when you get down into it, like these things are affecting your relationship with your partner. They're affecting the relationship with your children, affecting the relationship with your friends. And it could be affecting your work. You know, all these things are suffering from this. So does that five minutes of short-term pleasure outweigh all the things that it's taken away from your life? I know that sounds dramatic, but it's how we make these small steps and these associations so it is changing, like I said, that that positive feedback loop where, and again, just a, the smallest just tweak in your wordings is instead of saying, you know, like, oh, I resisted having chocolate, you know, which kind of has like negative connotations. Like, I really, really wanted this chocolate, but I resisted having it. You know, like when you, you're doing resistance training, you're lifting weights, it's a struggle, it's a strain, it's painful. Whereas you go, I chose not to have some chocolate. Could have had some chocolate. No one's going to knock it out of my hand. No one's going to take it out of my mouth like a like Fenton, you know what I mean? Like when, he, when he's grabbed something, no one's going to come and pry, pry your mouth open and take it out. <laughs> you chose not to have it because you chose something else. And then that can become a positive. You know, the amount of times we get messages from clients and they're just like, this happened, X, Y, Z happened. Normally I'd have done this, but I didn't. I did this. Something that serves them, something that is going to push them close towards their goal. Something very positive. And you say, any regrets? from doing this over what you'd normally do no i feel great i'm so happy that i did that and then the more you do these things then the more you get that positive feedback and the the easier it becomes because you get more proof you get more evidence that that thing that i was doing before whether it was eating chocolate or whatever wasn't really serving me wasn't really giving me positive feedback you know it's making me feel worse or it's keeping me feeling worse it's keeping me from doing all these things Like Joe said, you know, when you've got those deep goals, when you've got those affirmations, when you're challenging your beliefs around the choices that you make, that's the stuff that can totally shift your mindset, can totally shift your relationship with these choices, these habits that you make and then can obviously reinforce making these new habits, which is only going to be of benefit.
1: One thing that that James has said there that's that's really good is it's that taking – the, the locus of control internally so rather than you know saying rather than eating chocolate i'm gonna look at cute puppy pictures or i'm going to speak to a friend you know you're using there you're using external factors to help you whereas what james has said there is you know taking accountability for this and one thing that i do that i recommended to a client the other day when she was talking about oh you know i wanted chocolate resisted it held back blah 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 was like you know, something that I would do is I'd go into when I'm in the shops, I'll look at chocolate and say, you know, I'm choosing not to have this, and this is why. But when when I look at chocolate, and I think I want that because I always think, you know, I'm a 30 year old man with my own business, my own house. I can do whatever the hell I want. If I you know if I want to go to McDonald's now and spend 20 quid on that, I can do. Dare me to, James. Dare me. <laughs> and then what? But I'm in control of that, and I choose not to because. I want to be confident. I want to be a good example to my clients. I want to have the restraint. I want the emotional control to work through my triggers. They're things that mean a lot to me. They're not much fun in the moment, but they're my reward for doing this. And I think that that's like a it's like a muscle, and you you know you're training. If I if every time I go into ASDA and I look at the chocolate, then I'm working that muscle. and I'm reminding myself I've got that control. Whereas if you go in there and go, oh, I can't have some because Joe said I can't. Well. A, that's not true. You can eat whatever you want. You're, you're an adult too. And it's, but it's relying on someone else and you're not building that internal muscle. You're not working on this for yourself. And then what happens when you're not coached anymore? It's going to be a lot harder. And if you can have that crystal clear link between you not eating chocolate right now and achieving your goals, then it's going to be much easier to do because the reward is more obvious. You know, that this whole delayed gratification piece and why fat loss is so hard because you're not being rewarded now. like saving you have to kind of put your money in the bank for it to be worth anything you have to put the time and effort into it and you know no one's under any illusion of how how easy it is but it's just it always takes longer than people want it to
0: 10 times longer (laughs) yeah so let's go through the growth mindset kind of characteristics and then you know you would be able to see obviously how much more positive or how much easier it would be to make the the changes the progress that you want to make with a growth mindset Now, a good thing about closed mindsets and growth mindsets is you're not born with them you can switch from a closed mindset to a growth mindset obviously takes a little bit of work and there's that negative chatter you know myself and joe were talking about um kind of our journeys into the, the the fitness industry and to where we're at the other week um and we were saying we were super, super shy. Even so now, when sometimes I'm in the supermarket, I can't find something. I still have that little shy James who's like, don't ask, just keep looking. Don't ask, just leave. So I still have these little chatters. But again, you know, we can have that. And there I go, don't be a dick, just ask. The growth mindset kind of characteristics, again, lend themselves to people who are going to make more progress. And that's what we need to focus on, getting that growth mindset and developing that. So we'll go through them now. So believes intelligence and talents can be developed. Blue's effort is a path to growth. That's a huge one. Blue's mistakes are part of learning. Another belter. Blue's failure is an opportunity. Cracker. Blue's failure is temporary. Chef's kiss. Embraces challenges. Welcomes feedback. Is inspired by the success of others. So, I mean, you just read that, you go like, all right, that's someone who has the potential to be massively successful and that's you know if you recognized any of your characteristics which i'm sure majority of people will have done with the closed mindset or the fixed mindset this is what we need to shift towards and kind of have that realization like yeah it's okay to struggle yes it's okay to well whatever your definition of failure is it's okay to embrace a challenge and go right what can i learn from this how can i make this easier to be successful you know what do i need to do differently you know looking at, again, I always go back to like a business point of view, the amount of things that myself and Joe have tried that have, I suppose, the definition, failed. You know, but have they, or have we developed from it? Um, actually, I was just speaking to Tanya now. Um She was on about, she used to be a professional contemporary dancer, and she was on about, someone had written a blog about um an artistic director that she worked with who was a real uh, horrible person, <laughs> I nearly swore i PG'd it. Um, and I was like, but you're a different person because of that experience. You know, you have grown from that. You've learned things. I was just like, have I? I was like, well, would you ever let anyone treat you like that again? She's like, no. But then you've developed, you know, you've got a lesson from that. From that struggle, you've developed as a person, as a character. Obviously, you don't have to. Me and Joe aren't going to be that horrible person that you have to <laughs> struggle against. But it's that every struggle, every mistake, every so-called failure will you can build on you can grow from you can develop and that should be exciting you know and it should be expected I say to all my clients at the start like if you're gonna mess up don't expect to go three six nine 12 months without making a slip but every time we slip up it's exciting opportunity to grow opportunity to develop more skills to go that didn't work why didn't it work let's try this next time and get better and better.
1: Yeah, so with the with the the habit change piece as well, you've got kind of two chances to assessing your habits. You've got in the moment, you know, and you're thinking, right, I'm getting angry, I want to eat now, whatever it may be. You've then got a chance to take a step back then and say, right, how is this going to help? What are the, the ramifications of this and to and to focus through it then? You can then do it in hindsight as well. And I think that both of those are hard to do, and both of those are are places where we have clients who shy away from it. We have clients who lean into it. And I think that the more, you know, it's just a muscle. It's just something to be practiced is to log your food when it all goes to shit is to be honest with yourself and to be honest with your coach, you know, about when it's happened. I think one of the things I often see is when people say, you know, I had 10 glasses of wine over the weekend, three bags of crisps, three slices of cake. And you go, Is there anything you do differently? You know, could you have nine glasses of wine and two slices of cake? Nope. I had the right amount. And you just think, Really, really, really—not you know—you could just cut back on one, and I think that it's just finding any small steps forward. And I think that people find it so hard; a lot of people find it very hard. And I think that maybe lots of failure makes you better at it. And I think that Tony Robbins does a really good example of this. He was saying that he's a—he's a very good mot- uh, motivational speaker, life coach. I think he's worth about half a billion. And he was saying that—not that that is a measure of success, but you know, in that industry, it is. he was saying that people always say to him you're such a good speaker you know how did you learn how long did it take you and he said i used to do three speaking gigs a day He was like normally people do one a week he was like i would speak everywhere to anyone and i was awful but i just got better so much faster and it's just that ability to fail quickly and i think so often you know we have it with clients where they'll lose weight for a few weeks something will happen they'll struggle and that'll be it and they'll continue in the process but but stop trying and you know You're desperate as a coach them just to go, right, this has happened. What I'm going to do is I'm going to plan my food. Here's my food plan. I'm going to go shopping. Here's where I'm going to shop. I'm going to cook my food. Here's where I'm going to cook it. I'm going to exercise. Here's my exercise plan. And yeah, it's a pain in the ass to do those things. It's probably half an hour to plan your food and to find some new meals and to write down when you're going to exercise. And it makes everything so much easier. One of the things I often ask our elite clients is what you're doing well that's working at the moment, because then there's clues there of what you need to keep doing. And I think that so often people think it's going to be this straight line, but actually we keep we need to look at what's going well and how can I do more of that? Okay, what's not working and how can I work around that? And the more we can lean into that and accept that things aren't working and to, and to look to better ourselves, the easier all that the habit stuff gets. And I think without that, it's, it's almost impossible because it's, you're just fighting an uphill battle of trying to be perfect endlessly, which just doesn't exist.
0: It's just not how it works. It's just, yeah, being open to to learning, to developing and kind of looking at it as – so it's just always going to be obstacles, isn't it? Like you said, it's never going to be plain sailing with anything, with parenting, with relationships, with work, with – well, yeah, literally with anything. There's always going to be little obstacles. There's always going to be little struggles. There's always going to be up days and down days. But again, you know, your kid gets sent off from school for fighting or something. You don't just give up on them. Or, you know, something goes wrong at work, you don't just quit your job or, you know, someone doesn't do the washing up. You don't just then go, right, this relationship's over. You know, was quite extreme. I've always got a lot of washing up angst in my house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, again, kind of preempting that struggles are going to happen, but I can learn from that. I can not just ignore them. You know, the, the, the biggest waste of time we see Not wasting time, that sounds terrible. But the biggest waste, I suppose, is when people go, terrible day, don't want to tell you about it. Today's a new day, just going to draw a line under it, move on. Don't do that. Don't beat yourself up about it. Don't, you know, have a go at yourself about it. It's happened. can't change the past, but we can learn from it to adjust the future, to adjust what we're doing right now. Um, You know, don't waste that fantastic opportunity to learn, right, this didn't work, why didn't it work? You know, it's just such an invaluable learning tool but when people are afraid of failure, or again, it's not failing, is it? I'm afraid of making a mistake, afraid of afraid of slipping up, or doing what they don't want to do, then that's when it gets that reaction of no, nah, i am done them out. That's it. I can't. I can't feel like this again. Like no, nah, I do feel like that. It's it's good in a way. You know, I'm not telling anyone to fail on purpose because that's definitely not failure. But just embrace it and go right. Yeah, knew it was going to happen. Let's get back on because the quicker you get back on, whether that's the next meal, the next day, the next week, the next month, means we can get back on your journey. There's
1: an interesting piece from the parenting book that I finished last week when I recommended the other week about um, the book you wish your parents had read. And in the opening bit, the lady says, one of the big issues that you have is that when people look at their struggles as a parent – they don't want to view that no one likes to look at themselves as a bad parent. And there's no such thing as a bad parent and a good parent. It's all this continuum. Sometimes people are good, sometimes people are bad, sometimes they're better, sometimes they're worse. And that this refusal to look at anything that would be labeling yourself as a bad parent just misses any chance to learn. And that, you know, no one's perfect with with food, with parenting, with work, with anything. And it's that willingness to kind of open yourself up to criticism. I think that's one of the points from the closed mindset bit that, that always resonates with me is you know sometimes with coaching when you almost find yourself in an argument with people and it's that thing of I said this one of the ladies said to me the other day um you know we're a team you know we, we both want the same thing and it's so true is that I want to see all my clients do well I want to see all your clients do well I've got nothing to do with them you know we get pleasure from seeing people do well and that All of my suggestions, all the advice I give is designed to help people to to get better and to do well and to be happier. And that I say it sometimes, I'm not trying to piss you off here. I just want to see you do well. And I think that if you feel yourself kind of being triggered by the stuff that your coach is saying, then ask why. Is it because you just don't like it? Or, you know, what exactly what's going on? And I think this is the interesting thing, isn't it, about human beings, is that everyone's got their own story and often Different things have happened to people over the course of their lives, which means that they view criticism differently. You know, if you really struggled in school and you always got yelled at by your teacher, you probably would be a bit more sensitive to criticism than I am. But then it makes it understandable. And and that level of understanding then sometimes makes it easier to go, do you know what? I could be easily triggered by this because I always got yelled at in school. But actually, Joe's just trying to help. You know, or this coach is just trying to help. And maybe I'm interpreting this the wrong way. And it's that piece again of, challenging the way that we're looking at things and what our inner voice is saying because like a habit, you're just, you're basing these decisions off previous knowledge that might not necessarily be true.
0: Yeah, I suppose just to to bring it as an example for us working with our business coach, so we work with Mike Coles, who's our business coach. Um, You know, if we went to him and all we wanted to hear from him was how good our website was, how good our systems were, how good our business model was, There's no value in that. The fact is, we've gone to him and said, you know, we're at a certain point. We want you to take us further. You know how to do that. You know, basically kind of coaches through how to do that. That's it. You know, we've got a certain level of knowledge. He's got more knowledge on how to build the businesses and the systems and, you know, everything else that comes along with it. If he just turned around and went, oh, this is all great. This is good. This is good. And gave us no kind of feedback like, the website's confusing, it's shit, build a new one, <laughs> which we're in the process of doing. You know, if he would just super nice, oh, yeah, this is all great, we wouldn't make any progress. We wouldn't get to where we want to get. So we have to embrace that feedback of him going, this doesn't work, this doesn't make sense to me as an outside, you know, looking in. And we've got to take that kind of that harsh feedback. But again, like Joe said, it's because he wants us to be successful. He's not saying it like, your website is crap and, and it
1: does it. Feel, it does feel out like sometimes yeah but you catch
0: how... yourself doing it you know we'll both do it and like i said but i think we've got that that skill set where it's like oh oh he said that oh i'm a bit triggered now hang about. why am i triggered because oh, it's true we should have done something about that six months ago you know it's <laughs> and it is that and i think you know that's the the barrier sometimes we get from those clients where you know i always say one of my favorite sayings in it is um coaching should be a dance and it shouldn't be a wrestle and sometimes it gets into a real wrestle where you know, you almost feel like you're butting head to the clients where you're suggesting stuff like, no, 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 no. Like I'm trying to help you. Like you've literally come to me and said, I need help with this. Can you help me? And I'm like, yeah, let's do this. You know, same thing again with if our business coach was like, you need to do this. and am like, no, we're not doing that. No, you're wrong. Like I'm trying to give you my expertise. Yeah, I know this is going to help. So it's, yeah, it's got to be that, that back and forth. And again, that growth mindset of, I'm happy to accept this advice, this criticism, and I realise it's all for the for the great good. And if I am getting triggered by some, it's probably because I know it's right.
1: It makes me think of um, challenging. You, you'll even know the client I'm talking about. The challenging PT clients who don't want to work out. It makes me think I should have made <laughs> made, made an old client wrestle. Like I can make you. I will make you work. We're gonna we're gonna wrestle for forty five minutes. So as to come through <laughs> the door. <laughs>
0: But yeah that's it guys it's it's challenging challenging your old behaviors and being open to that challenge and, and then embracing i suppose the struggle as such i mean not like it has to be like you're absolutely starving every day and eating you know five peas for your dinner but that that embracing the yeah the challenge of changing really absolutely all good 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 for me guys time for a coffee thank you very much for joining us Joanna looks like she's about to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was appreciating your um, excellent uh, folding skills. It's very distracting. I was, yeah, I was, it was like, It's up? like a <laughs> acrobatic skill. She's flipping them around, if anyone could see it. <laughs> right. That's enough embarrassing. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Speak to you later on. Bye.